When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, Episode 79. Today's episode is all about intuitive decision-making. The mind is judging all the time. And so it's always black and white, right and wrong. It's very digital and very binary. And that's where like quantum thinking and quantum computing and having a whole other level of awareness that's much more nuanced and much more discerning. That's why I like this idea that there's a difference between judgment and discernment. Where judgment is more thinking and, you know, X and Y. Discerning is when you're actually more connected to your heart and feeling out all the subtleties as well, where there might be a million shades of gray, not just black or white, which is more like life, actually. And so sometimes my critical mind is wonderful. I'm glad I have it. I need that tool. But it's not the only tool in the toolbox. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Have you tapped the subscribe button yet? More subscribers means even better guests and even more value. Plus, it helps grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone can use a little more mind love. Hi, friends and wild women. So quite often, intuition gets bundled into the world of woo-woo. I mean, I freaking love woo-woo, so for me, that's not a bad thing. But for a lot of people, it can be a turnoff. It can make intuition seem too out there to take seriously. People are like, oh, so you have a feeling. (laughs) Where's the evidence? Where are the facts? What do I have to go on? And that's totally understandable. We want proof or examples of success before we invest a bunch of time into something. But here's the problem. If we're constantly waiting for something to be proven, we can never be ahead of the curve. We miss the boat on innovation. It's really hard to be a trendsetter. If we want to be brilliant, if we want to be innovators, if we want to be ahead of our time, we have to be able to make decisions faster. We have to be able to trust our own instincts. And we have to be able to invest in our own ideas before we wait for something to go through the long process of being proven. Our intuition is actually one of the most practical tools that we have as human beings, both in business and in life. We make 35,000 decisions every single day. And if we sat down and tried to prove our reasoning behind every single one of these things, we wouldn't get anything done. And here's the other thing. Choices are individual. A lot of times the answer is subjective. There's no one single answer that can fit every single person on this planet. Plus the one thing that's going to have your own best interest in mind is your own internal guidance or your inner wisdom. Who else knows what's best for you besides you? And I know it's getting harder too, because we have the power to look up pretty much anything at the tap of our smartphones. And honestly, it's a blessing and a curse. 
yeah, that kind of access to knowledge is amazing and wonderful. And I feel so grateful to be living in this time period. I don't think I'd trade it for any other time period, other than maybe the 70s that seemed pretty rad. But it can also be a crutch. The amount of times I've gotten sucked into a Yelp rabbit hole, just trying to find a place to eat lunch while standing outside a block full of restaurants with happy people seated outside is almost embarrassing. Or how about this one? Have you ever left your phone at home and feel like you have no idea how to get around the town that you've lived in for over five years? It's laughable and kind of sad. Well, here's my point. All these tools are great and they have their place. But the more we rely on things outside of ourselves for guidance, the more we weaken our own relationship with ourselves. Our relationships with ourselves should be the strongest relationships that we have. We should know our body's signals. We should know when our body is telling us no or pushing us to move forward. We should know how to trust ourselves when our inner voice is screaming at us to defy all of the naysayers around us. So today's episode is about learning to use your intuition in the most practical aspects of life, in your decision-making, whether for life or for business. And our guest is Rick Snyder. I have a feeling you all will love him because I loved him. This was one of my favorite conversations I've had in a while. So I did edit this episode a little bit less than I normally do. So let me know if that's okay with you guys to have more of these free-flowing conversations rather than... I don't know. I have a tendency to try to make things perfect, but I guess we all struggle with perfectionism in our own ways, right? But I do want the show to be amazing, so let me know if you like it or if it sounds messy or I don't know. I love your feedback, so hit me up at MindLoveMelissa on Twitter or Instagram. Anyways, Rick is the CEO of Invisible Edge, which is an international consulting company that helps high-level executives and companies make innovative business decisions based on their own inner guidance. How cool is that? Even cooler, he combines his master's in psychology with his business experience to help people strengthen their own intuitive intelligence and create breakthrough strategies. Three key things we will learn are first, what the heck is intuition? We're going to demystify it. The five things that get in the way of our intuition and some practical exercises to start tapping into our own inner wisdom. Before we dive in, I want to share the easiest way to start each day with a positive mindset. Thousands of other wild women are loving my daily morning mind love emails. They're short daily reminders of your own beauty, magic, and power that are the perfect addition to your morning routine. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. You'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. First, you'll get a really cool free booklet of Powerless based on proven principles from the most successful people to automate your best self. Plus, you'll get a free guided affirmation meditation. It's set to a magical binaural frequency known as the miracle tone, which is known to make you a magnet for love, health, and abundance. The layered affirmations perfectly tune your frequency for personal transformation. Go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word MORNING to 444-999. That's MORNING to 444-999. And now let's welcome Rick Snyder to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So to start out, let's demystify intuition a little bit. How do you define intuition? Yeah, and that's actually one of the main things I try to do in my work here is demystify it and help us get that it's our innate intelligence. 
it's something that we all have. We all have, especially children, have incredible access to their intuition. And my sense is that over time, we get programmed, we get conditioned to believe certain things, to see the world a certain way, depending on our upraising with our family, could be our culture, could be religion, many different ways that we get programmed by other people's belief systems that we can get taken out of our own innate intelligence. And so my definition is it's an embodied knowing that comes from listening to what wants to happen next. So it's actually a conversation. We're listening for, oh, what wants to happen next in this team meeting or with my partner at home or how we want to educate our children. It could be any topic in the world, but you're actually listening for what wants to happen next in whatever question is coming up for you in your business or in your life. So when you're listening for what wants to happen next, that seems sort of like a guidance towards more of a fate or a destiny. So how does that coincide with the things that maybe we want for our lives and what wants to happen next? How do those two things go together? Really good question. We could say free will and also destiny, right? Mm -hmm. Here's one thing I like to point out is, have you ever felt like you were totally on path in your life? And then maybe other times where you felt like you weren't so on path and you felt that also. 100%. (laughs) Okay. Right. And I'm sure a lot of listeners could also relate to that. And I know I can too. So here's what I want to say is we wouldn't feel on or off path unless that was preset somehow, somewhere, or else we wouldn't have that experience of being on path or off path. We wouldn't know that necessarily. But what I want to say is, and we also have free will, whether we choose to live a life out of our highest values and out of our deepest purpose or not, we don't have to do that. And often life will give us feedback either way when we're living from that place or we're living from maybe more of a egoic agenda or just getting my goodies or that kind of orientation. We could do that also. And so I think we do have a lot of freedom here. That seems to be how I mean, we could turn off the light switch anytime we want, but it doesn't mean there's not a greater or going on behind the scenes also. And so I do think there's room for both free will and a sense of a destiny or a highest purpose. How did you first start to discover this in your own life? I've been fascinated by intuition since I was a kid. And I think part of it was that I would feel things that no one was talking about and seeing things that how come the adults around me aren't mentioning? And this is awkward. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like even around the dinner table where everything's fine, but you can feel not everything's fine. (laughs) And so how often have we all had that experience where something's not congruent? That's another way to talk about intuition as a skill is how do you start to uncover what's actually congruent with the people that you're interacting with or even with yourself and what you say and how you live your life and how you walk your talk. And so that's such a beautiful way we can use our intuition to get more on track with what's actually congruent for us. So as a kid, I was just fascinated by this, of course, seeing like politicians on television and like, wait a minute. They're saying no new taxes, but why do I feel like I don't believe them? (laughs) (laughs) So I think growing up, you start to realize there's really two different worlds going on. There's the one people sell you on and their presentation and what they want you to believe. And then there's the real authentic world that's going on underneath that or the authentic conversation that's happening underneath the table. And another way I could define intuition is 
being able to tune into the real conversation that's happening in your environment. Well, you mentioned that as we age, a lot of us seem to harden to this other side. We are sold on this very concrete world with very concrete things, and we lose a lot of our intuition. So as you grew, even though you were feeling it when you were younger, why didn't that happen to you or did it happen to you? Was there a moment of reconnection or is it just something that you've stayed strong with through your life? No, I think like probably many people that I've met and interviewed and know, I also started to discount my intuition and discount what I felt. I realized that the world didn't seem to value that as much. And there was a, a different program running the world, whether it was about just profit only, or it was just about success only, and not really looking at how you do it, or being congruent wasn't even a part of the conversation. And so I think there was a way where all that went subterranean for me. And I kind of ignored those gifts and ignored that kind of sensitivity. And so I think it was sometime in high school that something got reawakened for me, where I got more curious about the fact that there's a lot more going on here than just this physical reality. There's a ways that we're, we're emotional beings, we're spiritual beings, we're physical beings, we are mental beings, we're sexual beings, we're all of the above. And I think sometimes we only lock in on a couple of those areas and forget all of who we are. And so that's what really, I think, life gets more rich when we realize there's so much more going on here where it's not just about what we see and touch and just our five senses, that there's some, even some other things more subtly going on that a lot of people are now tapping into in their business life and also in their personal lives to make even better choices. You used language in that response that I want to touch on because it's something that has stood out to me. And I remember somebody saying this once and it just changed the way I viewed certain things. So I want to go deeper on the idea that there's this program running in the business world or that's really running most people. And then there's other programs that we can tap into. Explain that a little bit more. What do you mean by that? So that listeners at home who might not have heard that language can understand that. Right. So there's a lot of different ways I could approach this. One thing I'll say is, here's one of my analogies. One of my analogies is that if you think about it in computer language, we have a lot of hard wiring. It's like our hardware. And that is basically, you could say, our instinct, our survival, our amygdala, and our brain that's really patterned towards survival and safety, right? So all of us have that as social animals that we are. We do have that heritage of survival and anything that it takes to survive. So you could say that's one program that's running our operating system all the time. Underneath everything, at a very base level, is our sense of safety and survival. And I sometimes I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If anyone out there is familiar with that, where at first you have to take care of your basic needs before you can tend to your self-actualizing needs that are higher level order. It's like if you don't have food, water, and shelter, you're not going to care about if you're living a life from your highest values. You need food, water, and shelter, right? It explains why I get so hangry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hangry right now? No, but my husband did say recently, <laughs> you're kind of like a completely different person when you're hangry. And I'm like, mm, I can't argue with that. I'm going to let well, that be. Well, it's so true because we'll go back down there if we're not getting our basic needs met. We will go back down until that happens. 
then we have a little more room and space to ask the question, oh, do I have meaning in my life? Do I feel a sense of belonging with my friends and community? Or is there a disconnect? Which are those higher level orders of belonging and what Maslow is talking about, the hierarchy of needs. So I think that's our fundamental program is survival and safety, but it's not the end of the story, which is why I make a distinction between intuition and instinct. And I think instinct is critical. Of course, we all need that to survive, but that's not what life's just about. It's just survival. And so for me, that's where intuition kicks in, where intuition is also about coming into our full potential and intuiting new innovations and ideas and possibilities and create, it's the wellspring of our creativity. And so that's where really the higher order of needs of really bringing in a life and a life that feels on purpose. And our intuition will tell us could be career choices. It could be a relationship is over and we know it, but we have a hard time facing the music. Or it could be this job is a dead end job. And I know that also, but I'm afraid to have the, to make the move. And so I do believe my intuition is always guiding me towards that higher order of purpose. And do I have the free will and courage to actually follow through on those choices or not? I love that differentiation because I think it was Janet Raftis in an earlier episode that said that we hear follow your gut all the time, but there's actually a difference between your gut and your intuition because your gut is this physical feeling you get based off of past experiences, which means that there can be a lot of fear involved. But your intuition is your internal guidance that is really unbiased based on what you've already been through. And that reminds me of what you said of the difference between instinct and intuition. Is that how you would describe it? Or are they three different things? They are definitely related. But let me bring in another doorway to walk in this conversation here. Ready? So check this out. This is pretty cool. This came to me more recently, and it really seems to fit. So what I've been learning recently is that your mind is usually future-oriented, where you're thinking about tomorrow or what needs to happen later today or my schedule or my piece of work I need to do. And so the mind is very future-oriented. The emotions are very past-oriented. So Mm -hmm. I'm still chewing on maybe things that happened a week ago that I still don't like or whatever past traumas or other emotions that I'm still digesting from, from before. Even if something in the present moment reminds me of that, There's still emotional baggage from the past that's getting highlighted. But the body is in the present moment. And the body doesn't lie. The mind lies all the time. The mind might over-exaggerate. It might tell fantasies and stories. It might also minimize who we think we are and our identity of ourselves. So the mind is not as reliable, but the body doesn't lie. And so this is what we teach in our work around intuition is how do we tune into what my body's actually telling me If I'm in a business deal, if I'm having a conversation with my spouse, if my child is telling me something and I feel like something's a little bit shady with what they're telling me, it's like, how do I trust my body to become a refined instrument of what's happening right now in the moment? That's where we're getting all our information is in the present moment. And so emotion can hijack that. Like you said, fear or even overexcitement about something can hijack my reality a little bit. And I'm not actually in my intuitive clarity when I have a strong emotional charge going on. So that's why I bought that timeshare that one time. 
<laughs> right? I had a three-day window to cancel it, which I did. <laughs> but I got real excited on the third glass of champagne they were selling me with. <laughs> We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. Imagine casinos. Mm. Casinos have literally hired psychologists to totally look at how to stimulate and get your dopamine rush and excite you. And I mean, Facebook does the same thing and all these social media platforms now. But it's amazing how business has caught on to this a long time ago and marketing specifically have known about the power of the subconscious mind for, I would say, at least 100 years at this point. I was just speaking to somebody named Brian Solis about technology and how Facebook does use those emotional rushes and the dopamine in our brains. And I know a lot of it because I worked in marketing for such a long time, but there was one piece that he gave me by talking to the founders of these companies. So, you know, when you log onto Facebook on your phone and there's a slight delay before it shows you your notification count, I assumed that was a loading point. But they do the slight delay on purpose because that will up the rush of your dopamine and want you to log in more. Whereas I thought it was just opening up the app in general and having the notification was 
the dopamine hit, but no, it's that slight delay that increases it. So there's always little tricky things going on behind the scenes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. And this is where it gets tricky is that, you know, this has come up a lot in my book talks and conversations that one of the dangers of intuition, like any skill, is you can use it in nefarious ways or also benevolent ways. Just like if you, if I get a black belt in martial arts, it doesn't mean I'm always going to use that wisely, right? And so that's true with any skill. And so my sense is that the more people that are awakening their intuitive intelligence, it actually has a positive net gain because we're able to suss out some of the incongruencies faster. And if we're being manipulated by other people or systems, we can start to also trust that data that we're getting internally faster than before as well. So I do think there's a positive net gain in all of this. With what you just said, it's so interesting to me how our consciousness seems to evolve over time. So when you even look at the way sales and marketing used to work in different industries, you just put up an ad and people would automatically go buy it. Now people have evolved to, okay, no, it needs to be deeper than that, or it needs to be a vulnerable connection in some way. And so it's like layers are being scratched away as we wise up to some of the things that we've been sold on. And when you look at even what younger kids these days are capable of just in what they won't accept as truth or what they automatically sniff out as bullshit <laughs> where we didn't used to, uh, grown people didn't used to back in the day. So it is interesting how what we learn now isn't just affecting us. It's affecting generations to come. 100%. And you hit the nail on the head around consciousness evolving. And we see that in the business space also, as you just mentioned. So billboard ads and banner ads and things like that don't really work anymore. And a lot of companies are finding this out the painful way. And you're right. This level of authenticity and being real and having real conversations with people and not BSing them and learning how you can help people genuinely and not just trying to be some like 1970s, 80s used car salesman. That just doesn't work anymore. And people smell that, you know, 10 miles away now where maybe before they used to not. And so there's just so much out there now about sales gimmicks and manipulations. And as we talked about with Facebook and what have you, that can still happen with uh, different ways we can manipulate dopamine and rushes and those kind of things. So it's getting more sophisticated, but I also think the consumer is more sophisticated than ever also. And you kind of have to look at it like this is the next challenge that we have to get across. So yes, these might be the things that are working so heavily with us right now, but that's why it's so important to be more in tune with some of these things because it's like working out. So at first, it might be really difficult to lift that weight, but then you build that muscle. And even when you let it go a little bit, that muscle memory is already there. So the same with becoming more awakened to some of these ideas, that's going to be with you through a lifetime. It won't be as easy to fall into these old traps. So it's interesting kind of looking at some of the news headlines and being like, holy crap, that's what they've been doing to us this whole time. And you feel like a fool in a way. And it almost feels hopeless, like, wow, the amount of manipulation that people in power can have. Mm -hmm. But as we not only wisen up to it, we, we become to the people that are able to take that and use it for good and show that contrast and show what the world could be 
if we had a greater level of consciousness around all of the things that we're building and selling to people. That's exactly why I think developing our intuitive intelligence has a positive net gain because we're able to sniff out those kind of manipulations earlier on and confront them faster than we would have before. And the more that we get online in that way, the more aware we become, we have more choice and more ability to discern all these nuances and subtleties. So when we are trying to awaken ourselves to this and become more in tune with this innate intelligence that we all have, what are some of the main things that get in the way of that? The biggest roadblocks to our intuition? Melissa, how much time do we have? 45 (laughs) minutes. (laughs) Okay. We might need 45 weeks on this one. Okay, let's get into it. So doing the research, part of what I love about the book that I wrote is just bringing in the neuroscience of intuition and really getting at the real physiology and what happens in the brain, but also interviewing so many great people about how they use intuition in their business and what happens when they didn't listen to it also. So there's always great stories. I got to get a bigger picture and a wider lens around this whole topic. So here are some of the key obstacles. I'll just rifle off a couple of the top ones here. The rational conscious mind is probably the number one obstacle that gets in the way of our deeper subconscious and our deeper intuition. So our logical, rational mind, the ego, strong emotions like fear, parents from that deeper intuitive intelligence, busyness, being busy all the time, running around where we don't have time to slow down and listen to what our intuitive intelligence is trying to tell us. Doubt is a huge one also. So I might actually know that I'm feeling something important and getting a message, but I might doubt it. I might doubt and backtrack on myself and say, oh, maybe the other person's right. Maybe we should do this strategic move in our company, or maybe my partner's right that we have a healthy relationship, (laughs) even though everything in you is screaming, no, something needs to change. And so I think those are some of the common ways that we get in our own way. But I would say the number one way is our rational conscious mind, because our mind likes to stay in control. It likes to have a predictable, linear life and reality, but life doesn't work that way. Life is not so linear and predictable. (laughs) Wife is not so linear and predictable either. (laughs) I see where you're going there. (laughs) Life and wife, and apparently husbands also, are not so predictable. And basically, relationship doesn't fit into an Excel spreadsheet. For sure. It's interesting, too, because just the idea and the wording of, well, the rational conscious mind gets in the way of our intuition. So the skeptics are like, but isn't that rational? (laughs) Or is intuition irrational? And how do I explain that to myself? Or how do I get my rational conscious mind to understand that although it thinks it's being rational, it might not always be? And that's where we get stuck if we only look at the world through our binary yet right, wrong, right, wrong judgment mentality, because the mind judges. The mind is judging all the time. And so it's always black and white, right and wrong. It's very digital and very binary. And that's where like quantum thinking and quantum computing and having a whole other level of awareness that's much more nuanced and much more discerning. That's why I like this idea that there's a difference between judgment and discernment, where judgment is more thinking and, you know, X and Y. Discerning is when you're actually more connected to your heart and feeling out all the subtleties as well where there might be a million shades of gray, not just black or white, which is more like life, actually. 
And so sometimes my critical mind is wonderful. I'm glad I have it. I need that tool, but it's not the only tool in the toolbox. You said that busyness is another thing that gets in our way. And I love this reminder because first of all, when we are running a business, I mean, by the basis of the word business, it is busyness. And so we think, well, I'm being productive. I'm doing all these things. But one thing that we learned in just a couple episodes ago was about the idea that slowing down enough to have these moments of meditation or to allow our bodies to rest and our brains to clear, it will save us so much more time in the long run because we'll stop getting in our own way quite as much. So what are the ways that you recommend slowing down? Because that's another thing when it comes to the technology, we've been addicted to technology on purpose by some of these companies to where we don't want to sit there and be bored for a few minutes. And I came across this video a while back about while I was scrolling through social media about why it's so good to give your brain boredom because in these points of boredom is when we come up with our most creative ideas. So how do you structure your day or how do you recommend people So they allow themselves the boredom and the freedom and the clarity to get in touch with their intuition and to even spawn more creativity. Yeah, this is probably one of the key things that we do with executives and teams is get them to slow down and to even turn off their gizmos for a certain amount of time per day, which sounds crazy when we first start working with people. They look at us like you're insane. And We just smile and nod and say, yes, we've heard this before and give it a go because this is how you access your deeper innovative thinking is when you're not inundated with stimulation and entertainment and information all the time. In fact, there's a chapter head that I have in the book that's called, you don't find your intuition, your intuition finds you. But that means you have to be a little bit still. You have to slow down into a place of stillness. You have to be receptive and open for your intuition to actually find you. Because if you're a moving target, you're never going to be present enough and slow down enough to actually catch up with what your intuition's already concluded or what the dots are already connecting for you. And so here are some of the ways that we do this. One is I call it a digital detox. So like literally, I'll get my clients to spend a practice of like 10 minutes a day where they put the phone on airplane mode, they get away from their computer screen, and maybe they go outside or they go for a walk or They go into a mindfulness exercise or meditation. Any way to interrupt your normal way of thinking, especially when you're facing a really deep decision or challenge that has a lot of complexity and uncertainty, is when research shows it's best to use our intuition in the decision-making process when it's uncertain or complex. And so that's one of the big ways is finding a way to interrupt your normal way of thinking. And it could be rest. It could also be movement. People who do exercise, people who go for a run or swim. Sometimes for me, going to the steam room or sauna, my central nervous system just relaxes enough where then I'm in this open state in this receptive place and I'll get ideas about my business that I've never had before. We have one executive that we work with who he'll go on long drives because his mind goes on autopilot when he goes on a long drive and he'll literally be more open and have these ideas about his business that he's never had before. Steve Jobs from, of course, Apple fame, would walk around barefoot around the Apple campus away from the computer screen and literally just walk around the block and he would slow down. When you're barefoot, you have to slow down. And he would literally be opening to all these new innovations and ideas he never had before 
because he changed his mind state. So we literally will disrupt your normal way of thinking on purpose so that you can start to access your deeper intelligence. And that's exactly the kinds of things that we do with sales teams, leaders, innovators, product developers. And it's so exciting and gratifying to see really hardcore engineers and scientists be open to a new way of thinking because of these practices. I love that. Something that I have taught in my 30-day mindset transformation about just changing up the chemistry happening in your body. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Something that I have taught in my 30-day mindset transformation about just changing up the chemistry happening in your body. I can't remember the exact quote, but Einstein has a quote about how you can't solve a problem in the same state of consciousness as when the problem arose or something along those lines. And so one of the things that I do when I'm just in something and I can't figure a way out, I'll go and I'll do a little bit of yoga or even just some jumping jacks or like one of my favorites is to sing and dance at the same time because I feel like it activates different chakras and it moves parts of your body. Like not even trying to dance like you're used to at the club, moving your body tribalistically to try to get into parts that might not have been squeezed earlier on in this day, get the blood moving, get your chemistry to switch up a little bit and then approach the problem and see what happens. It can be so powerful. Completely. Your physiology completely shifts, as you just said with any kind of state change like that. And if you're in a rut or you've been doing the same task for 90 minutes or more, literally we show our productivity wanes after and our attention wanes after about 90 minutes on the same topic. So we, that's why in so many workshops and what have you, you'll see a lot of times workshop organizers will change up their program and get you moving and do things differently so that they keep you fresh in that way of learning. I have noticed that one of the 
powerful techniques I've seen used in conferences, depending on the topic, is to even just get somebody to share with the person next to you. Like, okay, well, what are some of the things you are grateful for? Or what are some of the ideas that are sparking for you right now? Share it with somebody else. Because then you're not only coming up with your own ideas and you're challenging yourself to vocalize them, but you're also absorbing an idea from somebody next to you that you may not have thought of, which then sparks something else, which was Napoleon Hill's whole idea with mastermind groups is that it's not two brains together when you get two people in a room. It's exponential from there. Something about the combination multiplies like you have little brain babies. <laughs> Tons of brain babies. And one of the coolest things they're doing research on right now, which we're on the forefront of as far as practice, is collective intuition. Mm. So not just individually, but what happens when you get a whole team on the same page and you get them operating on their highest level of performance together. This Even the military is actually studying this right now with intuitive decision-making. They spent about $4 million bucks, the Navy SEALs, on how do we get our teams synced up uh, when we're in a hostile environment? We need them to be intuitive and on the same page when you're facing real adversity. And so they're studying that. The business world is studying that. It's fascinating to look at how do we get our teams to flow and perform on, on that highest level. And so individually, it has to start. But then collectively, we amplify our intelligence when we're on the same page. I love that because I have touted the benefits of being with a partner, a life partner that will actually help my intuition grow. And for my whole life, I have always had these sparks of ideas and gone down the rabbit hole with them and felt so much growth. And then I get in a relationship or a friendship with doubters, with people who didn't believe those things. And it would keep me anchored to my old self or an old spot. Now, I've always been the one in the corner of the business room with the intuitive ideas, but not necessarily wanting to vocalize because I wasn't sure how it would be received. Now, just the idea of a room full of people that are on that page, that same page of this deeper level of consciousness and what could be possible is really amazing to think about. Yes, this is really, I think, the frontier work to happen right now is everyone wants to know how do we work better in teams and in community and that we actually need that more than ever to amplify and pick each other up and elevate to that next level that we can move there faster when we do it together. And so the research is actually showing that. And so it's such an exciting time right now to learn how do we develop that even more. And you mentioned music earlier. There's even a lot of studies around binaural beats. So certain frequencies of tone and music that actually are specifically for unleashing our innovation and creativity. This is some of the things that you can play with also is getting that kind of music in the background and some of those tones and frequencies and getting your team on that creative level is also something that people are playing with right now too. That's awesome. I am obsessed with binaural beats. It's what I meditate to. I use an app called Insight Timer because there are so many free music backgrounds. They have guided meditations, but I love just the music because I feel like it switches up my state of consciousness in a really powerful way. Whereas I've talked about before how the guided is more of a mindfulness journey, not necessarily of a meditative, let's unleash or, or shed some of the things. They're, I think they do two different things. So the binaural beats can be really powerful. I'm wondering how 
do you sell the idea of intuitive business or decision-making in a room full of people who might not be on that level quite yet? I mean, I've read some of your book reviews about how this isn't your woo-woo approach to it. There's a lot of science behind it, and there's a lot of practical action steps that you can take that can change up. One of the things I feel most passionate about is how do I make the mystical practical? How do I ground into very pragmatic ways some of the, the most, some of the most abstract concepts you can imagine? It's a challenge, and it's a challenge that I embrace. It's fun. It's also challenging. But what's happened is we've just learned ways of bridging the conversation in language that everyone can understand. So an example is when I talk about your inner data and your inner signals and cues, everyone can understand that. And we've had plenty of times where we're in the room with a bunch of high-level engineers and scientists from pretty large organizations, and they get it. They get it after a while. And once they hear the science piece and the neuroscience behind intuition and the subconscious mind and why that's so important, because the subconscious mind processes information 500,000 times faster than the conscious mind. And so wouldn't you want to learn how to hack into your subconscious so that you can access faster and more integrated decision-making? People get that also because we take them through an experience. I've had a whole room full of engineers where they're actually led through an intuitive decision-making process and they come up with new innovations that they've never thought of before. And these are people that at a very high level who've been around the block in their industry who make things, like whether they're in research and development or whatever they do, and they're having new ideas they never had before because they finally have permission to access their creativity in ways they've never had that permission before also. I think we get into these habits sometimes, especially in the business world, where you present an idea and immediately you're asked for, well, where's the hard data behind this? When that might not necessarily be the right way to go in those early stages. It might be, let's develop this idea a little bit more. Let's see where it can go. Let's expand it through more inner wisdom before we start finding all of the hard data to back it up. Otherwise, it almost seems like it could be shutting down some of that inner wisdom too soon. One way we also bring this bridge the conversation, like you just said, is if you look at the scientific method, one of the key parts of the scientific method is the hypothesis. It's coming up with a hunch or you have a sense that there's a better way to do it. There's an intuition that I think we could try electricity this way. And that's what we do, but scientists don't often think about intuition as part of that process unless they're actually doing the science. When I talk to scientists who actually do the science, they get it. They know that that's part of the creative process. Einstein got it. Nikolai Tesla gets it. They write about intuition. Aristotle wrote about intuition. And then, of course, our top business leaders who are inventing and changing the landscape, they get you know, the Steve Jobs, Richard Branson's. So many of our leaders and innovators and change agents, Oprah Winfrey, media mogul, they get the power of intuition. And so I think it's sometimes it's more like the middle management that has a harder time understanding the value of that because they haven't been, once again, given the permission or encouragement to use that in their own decision making. All that's starting to change. And my prediction is how we talk about emotional intelligence, we're going to also be giving that same kind of credence and weight to intuitive intelligence in the next 10 years, five to 10 years. So you mentioned a process that you take people through to start tapping into this or bringing it into a room full of people. What are those first steps? How do we start to give ourselves the permission to bring light to some of these ideas that we're so used to 
shutting down by our inner critic or that doubt that you talked about that gets in the way? I'll give you one quick one now for the listeners that you could try at home. There's more complex ones that we would need more time to go through, but here's a quick and dirty one that's really fun. So think about a decision that you have to make right now. It could be something very simple like, do I want to go away for the weekend or stay at our house? Or it could be a bigger decision like a career decision or what have you. I'll make one up as an example. Let's say my decision is, should I go to San Diego for the weekend or stay in LA? Very simple. Get a coin and pick one side to be heads, one side to be tails. So maybe going to San Diego's heads, staying in LA is tails. And then I'm going to have you flip that coin into the best of nine. Whichever one gets to five fast wins. So flip the coin five times until you finally get five heads or five tails. Let's say tails wins out and I'm luck has it that I should stay in LA. That's actually not the real point of this exercise. The real point of the exercise is as I'm flipping the coin, what am I getting in my inner signals and cues? What is my body telling me? As I'm going through this process of flipping the coin, when I get heads, do I notice an excitement? Do I notice an openness? Do I notice a draw toward? Or do I get kind of clenched? Or do I feel numb? Do I not feel anything? Do I feel a resistance? Do I get images and words or sounds? What are the different ways that my body is speaking to me as I do this decision-making process? And I'll usually notice my body is telling me is leading me toward one of those choices and moving me away from one of those choices. And so that's a really quick exercise, but something that you can play with just to get a sense of what is your being and your antenna broadcasting to you when you slow down and check in. That's pretty incredible. When you were saying that, I was like, well, that sounds so simple, just flipping a coin. But when you added that deeper layer of because I know and the moment you said that I had a specific decision <laughs> that I've been trying to make. And I was thinking, so oh, it's just whatever one comes first in out of nine, which one reaches five first. And I could actually feel that pull towards which one I wanted to win before I even grabbed the coin. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because that's how fast our subconscious works. It works so fast that we're not even aware of it consciously. So that's what the work is, is how do I get more conscious about what I'm not so conscious about? In other words, how do I get conscious about my intuitive intelligence so that I can be making choices from my deepest resource that I have available? But this exercise distracts your conscious mind with trying to keep track of the numbers and the size of the coin. That's actually good to distract your conscious mind so that your subconscious connect all the dots in the background. You mentioned how the body might speak to you in that moment. That is a signal from your intuition or your subconscious mind maybe clenching up or maybe feeling excitement. What are some of the other ways that our bodies might be speaking to you when we're asking these questions? One of my favorite things is to look at more in hindsight. And just to think about this, when you've had a really strong intuition about something and you didn't listen to it, how did your body speak to you? How did your intuition speak to you? Did you get words? Did you get an image or a picture? Did you have something speak to you through your dreams? And maybe your subconscious is talking to you through your dreams, which happens to a lot of people. Did you get a feeling or a sensation somewhere in your body? Did you get an openness or a coldness or a, a clench or a draw toward? Or I get chills when I'm on a really deep soul calling towards a direction. I'll get body chills and something in my heart center, for example. Like when I'm looking at moving to Southern California for the first time in my life, and it feels soul guided, and it's not coming from my head, it's not coming from my thoughts. 
my thoughts would think something else actually. But I feel this deeper calling like, oh, I'm supposed to go here next. And it's very non-dramatic in a certain way. It's just like, oh, it's clear. But yet I have these body sensations also. You might have audio sound. Some people get audio messages. Some people describe it as a sense of knowing that a certain kind of knowing comes over them. It's just a knowing. So the trick is, how do you detect your intuitive language? And part of that is looking at hindsight when your intuition is spoken to you, whether you listen to it or not, how did it speak to you? And how do you start to backtrack and start to connect those dots for yourself? It's that personal to all of us. And it's a little bit different for everyone's intuitive language. I've compared it to actually learning a real language. So a lot of people get so discouraged in the beginning because they think, my body's speaking to me. I've been there where I was overriding my signals for so long that the idea that there were signals baffled me, (laughs) especially with all the things that we do in this modern age, whether it's medications and just overworking ourselves and not getting enough sleep. It becomes harder and harder because it goes back to that primal state of your body screaming at you on all these basic levels. So it's harder to get into the muck of some of the deeper soul callings. But as you continue to build that relationship and also trust yourself enough to follow it more and more often, and instead of having to learn in hindsight every single way, you think, well, this signal just happened. I'm just going to do it. No questions asked more and more often then it starts to feel like you're floating down the river with the stream instead of constantly trying to swim up the stream. Totally. That's well said. It's really about going with the flow. And I have a choice once again of listening to what that flow is telling me, or I can fight it. I can resist it. And I can use my ego and personal agenda to mash against that and decide I'm going to go get what I want anyway. And I can still do that. But I usually find that life will knock on the door louder and there will be consequences to my choices even though I have the freedom to choose. I can either take the harder road or the easier road, even if it's not always comfortable because intuition doesn't always lead you to comfortable choices and comfortable experiences, but it's where my deeper growth lies. It's funny because with the phrase go with the flow, when I was in my early 20s or most of my life, I always thought, well, I'm very go with the flow. People would bring something to me and I'd be like, sure. Well, for a while, while I was on my growth upward, after I reached the rock bottom, I remember having a problem with the go with the flow mentality because I remember thinking, well, I just went with the flow too often. I wasn't sitting there strategizing, making real decisions. But as you were saying that, I had this flash of insight about the difference between going with other people's flow and just doing what everyone around you is doing instead of having your own boundaries and speaking up for yourself compared to going with your own inner flow and what the universe is presenting in front of you and getting more and more used to identifying opportunities and identifying the people that are put in your life path for your highest good instead of being sucked into the temptation of what's easier, what will help you escape from yourself and what will basically keep you from a greater calling. 100%. I like how you make that distinction about it's not just going with the flow in terms of conformity. And just because everyone else is doing something, I'm not talking about that kind of flow. So I like that you made that distinction. It's more about my internal flow. And am I even listening to my own rhythm and my own timber and cadence and what's most meaningful and where I feel most drawn and alive? Do I listen to that or do I override that? Because 
someone else told me something else is better for me. Or I'm influenced by someone around me, the louder voices in the room, or even the data on the spreadsheet. So that's why it's so critical that we are listening to our internal flow so that we can have more aware conversations and bring this to the table. It's about learning to make your inner voice the loudest voice in the room. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. This was an amazing conversation. And I think it did just bring some of these more to some people ideas that might be out there into this really practical way that we can not only bring it into our relationships, our spiritual lives, but real business lives when we're trying to build something big. So for listeners who are resonating with this, where's the best place to find you? And also tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah, if you want to look for how we're bringing this into the business space around developing intuitive skills and abilities and intelligence, go to invisible-edgellc.com. So that's invisible-edgellc.com. So our company is providing the invisible edge to businesses out there. And then if you want to find me on social media, you can look for Rick A. Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, or Invisible Edge. And then lastly, my book, Decisive Intuition, is where they sell books anywhere near you, whether it's Barnes & Noble, Amazon, your local independent bookstore. And so you'll find that available now. And um, we'd love to hear your feedback out there and how you're integrating intuition after reading this in ways that are practical and meaningful for you. Okay, wild people, I will be recapping that intuition technique on Instagram at Melissa. So if you don't want to have to go back and listen to the whole episode to try to find it, just meet me at Melissa on Instagram for a little refresh. I'd also like to hear what decisions have been weighing on you guys and how did this technique work out for you? Did you sense something in your gut? Were you able to trust yourself a little bit more? All of the links mentioned in this episode, plus Rick's book, Decisive Intuition, are in the show notes at mindlove.com slash 079. And there will also be a link to the new Mind Love shop, which is super exciting. You can also just head to shop.mindlove.com. So the shop is starting off with mugs, and our best sellers this week were the Wild Woman mug and the Podcast and Chill mug. And a lot of these will be limited editions so that we can rotate through some of the designs that you guys have been suggesting. So get them while you can. Don't forget to share Mind Love with friends or screenshot it and share to Instagram or Twitter and tag Mind Love Podcast. And I'll let you in on a little secret. If you do tag us, your post will be reshared with the Mind Love audience. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. Thank you.